afternoons, 2 till 6, on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns basketball coming up at 7 o'clock here on Arizona Sports. And looking up on my TV here, I see that the Philadelphia Phillies have a 3-1 to lead over the Padres in Game 3 of the NLCS in the top of the 5th. And I think it's John Bloom joins us here. Bloomer, there's only one thing to conclude. Mikel Bridges is going to have a 27.15 rebound night tonight because his fills are winning. But you think? Well, I mean, look, I, I didn't think he was half bad in the opener, even though they lost that day, right? He, he you know, had the double-double. Uh, yeah. He was pretty efficient. I think he shot around 50%. He ended up with 11 rebounds. So, uh, And that was after a loss. So hopefully it doesn't matter what happens on the diamond uh, and Mikhail's just going to come out and do his thing. What I love that I am seeing, guys, is that uh, that offensive kind of expansion uh, of Mikel is is coming to fruition. We talked about it and talked about it, but then to actually see it happen, and I'm talking about creating his own shot off the dribble. The slashing's always been there, but now be a little bit more selfish, and I think he's doing that. John Bloom from the Phoenix Suns broadcast team is our guest here on this bonus Burns and Gambo edition. As you can tell, he's obviously live in Portland right now, getting ready with the play call of tonight's game between the Suns and the Trailblazers game number two, and of course, Bloomer. Even on the nights where he's got to call the game, he's always nice to hop on with us for a few minutes to talk a little Suns basketball because I know Bloom loves to talk about Suns basketball. That was that was a fun opener on Wednesday, and I, I I know we didn't have a show yesterday because of Cardinals pregame, so Gambo and I didn't have a ton of time to talk about it. That two man game between Booker and Aiton in the fourth quarter was wicked, and it was awesome, and it was the future, and it was everything that people talk about how this team is going to win basketball games when they don't have Chris Paul a couple years. Man, I look at that and I think that might be how they win basketball games. Maybe not even then, but like now how they win basketball games. That was so good. Yeah, and Bernsey, it's not you know necessarily brand new because they have been doing it since DeAndre became a Phoenix Sun. I mean, Booker's been feeding him, but it's not uh, been winning games necessarily back then in 2018. It took a little while, uh, but you're right. I mean, look, these guys offensively are lethal, both of them. Uh, and so now uh, to maximize that is what Monty and his staff are, are kind of uh, trying to do as we look at DeAndre shooting his underhanded half-court shot here in uh, Rip City right now. I think it's uh, you know one of those deals where um, for those who have watched him and watched him work with Book, uh, you just want to see more and more of it, but you don't want to ignore the other guys on the floor because no, they can yeah. do some things too. So we get caught up, don't we? But you're right. When it came down to winning time, it was those two guys uh, just showing the Mavericks that you, you just don't have any answer for this. And there goes D.A. swishing that underhanded granny half quarter. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, I think I'm excited to see it continue, Bernsey. I don't know if I would use the word uh, evolve, uh, but just continue to get sharper and sharper. And I think it's going to. Yeah, I, and I certainly you're right. I'm not trying to suggest that we haven't seen it before and that it hasn't been a part of, of their repertoire. It was just it was used to such effect in that game on Wednesday. And Devin Booker in particular, I mean, look, there's we're past the point of being amazed at anything he does or being surprised at anything he does. But the precision in which he ran that fourth quarter with no Chris Paul was amazing. I mean, and again, we shouldn't be amazed by anything he does, but it was spectacular the way he was able to orchestrate everything that was going on on the floor to not have any turnovers 
turnovers in the fourth quarter, to have six assists, to have that crazy plus minus when the two of them are on the floor at the same time. I, I like I say, it's it's you're right, it's nothing new, but they ran it with such an efficiency on Wednesday. I was still amazed by it. Yeah, it's still remarkable. I mean, I don't want to take that away from from you or or it. I do think that it is remarkable because in a way, it almost seems like Book is now settled into his gaming chair, and and in the fourth quarter, yeah. he's just on the video game system, and he's got that game uh, down just like he's got it down in actuality on the basketball court, and that has been so much fun to watch because it didn't happen overnight. We saw it kind of starting to happen. We saw the game slowing down, and just a little while ago, talking to Chauncey Billups, that was what he pointed out with regards to Devin Booker's game. He said, look, he, he just looks like he has complete control. He's always been a deadly shooter and scorer, but now the game has slowed down, and he is able to create and make plays for everybody around him. I mean, how must how nice must it be for Damian Lee to go from getting the rock from Steph Curry to getting the rock from Devin Booker in crunch time? I mean, if you're ever going to get open looks, it's because you've got guys like that feeding it to you, and Book is now doing that uh, at, a, at a rate where you can put him in that conversation, and I think people know a heck of a lot more hoops than I do are. Yeah, I, I and I certainly, look, of the three additions they made this offseason, Damian Lee, and I'm not saying one game proves this right, and I'm not, but I'm not saying it's wrong either. Damian Lee was the one guy that I think I was the most excited about of the three, just because I, I thought there was sort of untapped potential there with him. I guess there is with the other guys too, but I thought there was also enough experience with what he had done with Golden State the last couple of years. Do we? Do you think we'll continue to see him in moments? I, I understand Cam John was out, but how much more time did that earn him with what he did on Wednesday? Oh, I think it earned the, you know, trust. That, that That's the word that really comes to mind for me. Trust of his teammates. You know, they probably trusted him anyway, knowing what you just said with his pedigree, being a warrior and all that. But it's one thing to be a warrior and to win the title with Steph and Clay and all those guys and to be married into the Curry family and all that stuff. It's one thing to know that from afar, but it's another thing to see a guy step up and clutch up like D. Lee did in the opener. You know, his first game wearing son's duds and he does that that's a heck of a way to introduce yourself to your locker room to your fan base to your city all that but you know let's take a step back and say Damian Lee's not going to come out and be a dead-eye shooter every fourth quarter that he touches the floor and I don't expect him to necessarily be on the floor every crunch time I think Monty Williams is still figuring that out you know he doesn't have Landry Shamit right now you mentioned Cam Johnson was off the floor there's other factors and we're just going to have to figure it out but I'll tell you one thing it's not a bad way to start for Damian Lee, that is for sure. How much do you think, uh, John Bloom joining us, Suns broadcaster, he's up there in Portland right now getting ready to call tonight's game here on Arizona Sports. So the Chris Paul game that he had on Wednesday, it, it, is, it, is it a matchup thing with Dallas? I mean, is that the extent of what we're talking about? How, how closely are you going to be watching him tonight to see how he responds to that performance? I am fascinated, Burns. You know, it's this year more than any, I think, I've, and as a basketball fan for a long, long time, uh, uh, I can never remember it being as much in vogue to talk about the rotations, the who's starting and who's finishing. You know, in, in L.A., they're talking about Kawhi sitting to start the game last night and then closing the game. Well, that's a strategy, right? You want to save him for the end if it's a close game. Uh, I get that. We're talking about Chris Paul starting, playing 30 minutes, not touching the floor down the stretch in crunch time where he's been an absolute virtuoso in his career. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't anticipate that that is a regularity, if that makes any sense, that they're going to decide not to play a guy who's arguably one of the best 
best point guards to ever play the game. It's not even arguable. He's one of the best point guards to ever play the game. That you're going to sit him in crunch time. But, yeah, against the Mavericks, in that certain situation, that night with the way he happened to be feeling or whatever way Monty happened to be feeling about the guys he had on the floor, that's why he went that route. And we will be paying attention. I know everybody is going to pay attention to see whether or not it's a trend. What's the crew saying about Cam Johnson and how he feels? And I guess to a certain extent, too, Devin Booker, he got a little dinged up in that game on Wednesday. Yeah, from what I understand, both guys full go, ready to ready to do it. Landry Shamit chomping at the bit, but he's not ready just yet. Hasn't been cleared, so he'll still miss tonight's game with the uh, hip strain. Okay, so no Landry, but Book and Cam are fine moving forward. Any but anything else surprise you about those initial game one rotations that we saw? Um, I think Monty went deeper than he anticipated, and he hinted as much to me just a little while ago as a spoiler alert for our uh, pregame chat. But, yeah, I think he wasn't anticipating playing, as he said, 20 guys. That's the way it felt in the opener. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if Dario's ready yet for rotation minutes. I I thought he might be, considering his summer and offseason, but I guess maybe not. And uh, same thing, uh, I don't know how quick Bismack is going to jump off the bench either. I think he was planning on going to Jock Landale as a backup big, but he ended up going deeper in that because of that foul trouble, starting with D.A. picking up those three in the first half. Bloomer, we're looking forward to hearing you with the call coming up here on Arizona Sports. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Bonus Burns and Gambo. You know we appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure, Burns. You have a great weekend. You too, my friend. John Bloom.